live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Going to be with you on a live nation's Friday, loosey-goosey edition, to say the least. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Rick Matthew in the house. Thanks for uh, being with us. Hey, does Cincinnati have any chance to make that a game this weekend? I've been trying, I spent the break kind of going in my mind all the different prop bets that we do at the end of the show. Of course, we'll have my mom on here in about 20 minutes. We'll do, she's, she's still losing considerably to me, but I still want to hear who she's going to pick. I just, at the end of the day, I'm sitting here thinking, Sure, Cincinnati can score, I suppose. I don't think the Chiefs' defensive line is nearly as good as Tennessee's so or not as consistently good across the board. So I would imagine they'll protect Joe Burrow a little bit better. So offensively, I expect they put up points. But, I mean, you're not going to stop Kansas City at this point, and they're going to have to create turnovers. I mean, I, I really, that's the only way you could probably do this is generate turnovers. Um, perhaps maybe you get you know a few negative plays, flip the field a little bit. But I, I would, I keep leaning towards if, if the weather's not crazy and Clement, this just being a really crazy high scoring game, right? Yeah, that fifty four. That's a sneak preview. We talked about it yeah. yesterday, but that would be the pick for this weekend. Uh, Twenty six days ago, Cincinnati no, was, did beat Kansas City. Game. I mean, they came up. back. They were getting smoked. Do you remember that game? The second half was wild. Yeah, Jamar Chase did what superstars do, took over the game. They'll bracket his ass, though. If I, there's no way you let him beat you. I agree, which means that T. Higgins, you're on high alert mm-hmm. here. But Burrow threw for 440. He went nuts. That game was the weirdest game. The second half of that game got crazy. It just didn't make any sense. I mean, uh, it was a fun game. It was another moment for Joe Burrow, who's had a lot of them this year, by the way, and same with Chase. Um, I mean, if you're a Cincinnati fan, you're in good hands moving forward. You've got uh, two dynamic playmakers that are going to be a lot of fun to watch for years to come. And really, one major problem, which is your offensive line is wildly inconsistent. And on the whole, <laughs> there it is again, not very good. So, I guess, you know, they're easily fixable. O-line, O-line, O-line. Free agency and draft. Let's go. Let's get this thing right. Because you got a star running back, a star tight end, a star wide receiver, a star quarterback. I'm just worried that uh, both these games are going to be lousy on Sunday. I can I tell not, all week but. long you've really been kind of a downer when it comes to these games. I'm more bullish on the Cincinnati-Kansas City game than I am the second one. Uh, I don't know. That, that Rams team, that front four, looks like it's ready to dictate terms in a way that Super Bowl champions do. Yeah, well, when I was talking about uh, trying to create turnovers, those kinds of things, for Cincinnati, Trey Hendrickson is is that guy, right? He's been fun to watch. That's kind of been the unknown. People overlook a lot of these things because of the dynamic offense. Cincinnati's got a couple guys on defense that change games. In fact, if you look at next-gen stats, he's caused one turnover by pressure in each game in the postseason after forcing five during the regular season, which is tied for first. I mean, that guy creates turnovers with his ability to get pressure on the passer. So, there it is. I mean, it's if it's easy to stop, because it's easily identifiable, then somebody would have done that, and nobody has been able to do that. And that's where you see, like, a like T.J. Watt. 
Like everybody knows going in, that guy is a menace. Nick Bosa is a menace. Everybody knows these things, but don't stop him. You can't commit more than two guys to. Well, you can, but obviously at the expense of something else. So. It's not so easy. Maybe he does. Maybe he generates a couple of turnovers. You flip field position. If it's a high-scoring game, maybe that's enough in the way of possessions to to win another shootout. I, I mean, that's the hope, I think, if you're Cincinnati. Yeah, the hope is it's a shootout. For America, we're just hoping for <laughs> the same thing. Give me 34-31. We'll figure out who wins, but let's see it. Light it up. How about the heir apparent? Because it's funny how quickly things change. Like, Mahomes is now one of the vets. He's been around, even though he's only Four been around consecutive for, AFC Championship games, but like for a minute, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the scheme, in the grand scheme of a uh, Tom Brady career or Drew Brees career, he's been around just a minute. But now he's going against the upstart kid, and there's another one that didn't even make the playoffs in Justin Herbert. It's crazy how quickly you become an elder statesman in the NFL. But that's the way this looks, and I, I hope that this very much is the master and the apprentice type deal. The other game, San Francisco and the Rams. I think we're quick to assume because the Rams are the sexier team. They're more fun to watch. They have more weapons. There are lots of things about them that appeal to us more than San Francisco. But the truth is, this will be the third time they've met. Obviously, San Francisco swept them during the regular season. They've won six straight times. And they do a lot of things very well that take the Rams out of what they want to do. And and so I, it's kind of fun to think that it could happen again. I, I'm with you. It's hard to believe it's going to happen again. Uh, it's especially hard to believe it's going to happen again because of one player, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel are going to have to go nuts in this game in order for it. Or or the total has to look like it did at Lambeau. Like that's the path to this being a compelling game, right? It's not 34-31 like I was just talking about with Cincinnati and Kansas City. The path for this being a compelling game is 21-17, 24-20. Well, That's right. what it would have to be. The 27-24 win that they got from coming back from down 17 right. played more in line of what you're suggesting has to happen here. But that's the way they have to win all of their games because they win with Kyle Shanahan's run design, and that's what they do. They run the hell out of it. They're very, very physical. They put Jimmy G in situations where he doesn't have to make real difficult throws. He can do it off of play action. Uh, they do attack the middle of the field a little bit there. Obviously, you've got Kittle. So it'll be interesting. Well, what did they do to beat Dallas? played complimentary football to get out in front. You know, they're leaking oil towards the end, and you're wondering, how the hell is this a football game in the fourth quarter? How does Dallas have the ball with a chance to win? Like, how do we get here? But if they get out in front, then they're be- they become that much more dangerous. But if you get up 10 nothing, the way that the Rams did on the Bucks, if you get up 10 nothing on the Niners, that's trouble. That's real trouble. Even though they came from 17 down the last time, I understand Correct. what you're saying. I don't. I know this is a different bigger stakes. Game. Different, yeah. yeah. And last week they needed. I mean, they were down, but they needed a punt block for a touchdown to beat Green Bay. But one of the things that they do, <clears throat> excuse me, every week, and it gives them a chance, and it is a throwback, and it is old school, and it's it's why they're so easy to embrace because they're the antithesis of, of what we see in modern football. They are physical. Very, very physical across the board. It is a bully ball. It is a nasty, physical, bordering on over-the-line kind of physical football, and I love it. I love to watch it because it shows that there is still some of that that can win. Like You can go far playing that style. You do need to make some plays. Your quarterback has to step up and make some plays, and I understand that you know they 
special teams won them the game last week, but also their defense was exceptional. I mean, Aaron Rodgers threw for 55 yards in the second half. While San Francisco's offense was doing nothing, their defense just kept strapping it up and going back out there, going, time to get another stop, time to get another stop, keep playing, everybody. Oh, totally fair. And I could see that being a path. I just I don't think that's what's going to happen. And I hope it does. I want two compelling championship games on Sunday, please. Because a lot of times this weekend is more of a dud than the divisional weekend. If you're looking for action-packed oh, NFL, it is. Oh, it's it always is. the best. I love the divisional weekend. You know, I I talked about that um, last week before the games. And something to point out, just because we don't always uh, focus, we, we tend to focus on the negative. We don't always focus when we get what we want. We just move on to the next thing we want instead of saying, "Hey, did everybody recognize that we got what we wanted? Isn't that cool?" Last week, all we talked about was the potential for Buffalo and Kansas City to be one of the great divisional matchups we've ever seen. Like All the ingredients were there. We talked about the superstar quarterbacks, the weapons galore, both teams, the Bills' defense, all these things that we talked about. We said, man, this could turn into an all-time classic. And people are arguing whether or not it's the greatest game ever played. We got what we wanted. And not only did we get what we want, because some games that are close are not necessarily well played. This was well played. This was interesting. This yes. was, and the best players played exceptionally well. Yeah, see Bucks-Rams last week. That's a close game, but was it well played? No. No. It was no. And some close games aren't close until the end. Teams yeah, meet up right. at the end. See Florida State-Auburn national title. That game was the whole way. You're like, whew. It reminded me of Villanova, North Carolina National no, Championship in basketball. That's college basketball. One of the greatest that's, games I've ever seen. We both sat there in awe. We were at the corner pocket, and we're like, it was a heavyweight fight. Just one punch, another punch. Here comes a punch. Here comes a punch. I'm like, these two teams are not having it. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah, the at under one point, 16. you just want to hug your friends. You're like, look at this. The under this. Si- We were there for opening day baseball. <laughs> yeah. We stayed all the way, which is a hard thing to do, but we made it. Oh, yeah. Under 16 Pacing. of the first half. You go, oh, wait a minute. What do we have here? We have a little something and here. And it never stopped. Never stopped. Usually halftime ruins momentum. You're like, ah, oh, it won't be. That half was incredible. We won't get that again. And then we did. And then here's the whole bar with 30 seconds to play. You're like, this is incredible. <laughs> You're like a little kid. The Chiefs' bills last weekend, I was like a little kid. My whole family came in one by one. Like At first we're watching. They're like, hey, Dad, what's the score? You know, They're kind of coming in and out. They're with their friends. But before the end of that game, the entire family had gathered in by the kitchen. We were all sitting there staring, screaming at the TV. And none of us are Kansas City fans. None of us are Bills fans. We were just like, this is awesome. That's the best. It is. Yeah. Toe-to-toe. I just wanted to bring it up. If we're going to get one, it's going to be the first game on Sunday. No, I know. You you think these two games are going to be does, and they very well might be. They will. There's no chance they can be as good as that game. Every game last week was insane. Yes, keep saying it louder. There's zero chance that that game can be as good as the last game you watched last weekend. All right, he's done it. I've guaranteed this game will be the best we've ever seen by telling you all it simply cannot be. (laughs) Hey, if you want to smile before we take a commercial break, I'm going to read you a quote. And it'll make you smile and everybody else smile who hates Bryson DeChambeau as much as we all do. Here you go. So yes, so he didn't make the cut. Now, I should note really quick, uh, and I won't stick on golf. I know you guys get upset when I do this. Um, it is a veritable who's who of superstars that have missed the cut at Torrey Pines. They all did. 
much to my chagrin in some cases. But oh yeah, but okay. that's well. Listen, listen. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, yeah. Sam Burns, Tony Finau, Phil Mickelson. The list goes Slim on and on. Shady himself. All these guys didn't make it. Yeah, you see that? What Brooks's hair? Oh, it's ridiculous. Mm-mm-mm. It's just. Are you surprised? That's your hero. I've told you. <laughs> hey, the real Slim Shady is one of the great albums uh, of all time. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, I would also point something out here. Of all the guys that I just listed that didn't make the cut, the one that really chaps me is Sam Burns, who went off and had a great Thursday or Wednesday. And then, thanks for the. Yeah, I still can't get used to that. This Wednesday through Saturday stuff is uh, too much. I like it. I mean, I just, uh, yeah. They don't want to compete with the NFL on Sunday. I get it. That's fine. So DeChambeau hurt his back on a swing, looked very Tiger-esque. He was kind of like turning and holding his arm and doing all this stuff. Turned out it was his wrist, not his back. We'll see. But after the round, he was asked about it. Here's his quote about his ailing left wrist. You're going to like this. Here you go. This is so perfectly him. It's like when Aaron Rodgers was asked about his future right after they lost to San Francisco. And he the, he doesn't say anything about what a year it was and how he feels bad for the fans and how you know they came up short, that they were the one seed, they, they got to do better, and that he can't wait to get back with his brothers and get back at No, none of that. It, his first thought was, I- I'm not going to be part of a rebuild. Because, of course, that's what Aaron Rodgers said. Of course, It's beneath you, Aaron. I understand. It's beneath you. This is sort of akin to that. You ready? Here's DeChambeau about his left wrist. It's been bothering me now for about three or four weeks. You see, all of this speed training, it's definitely taken a toll on the actual muscular structure for me. Initially, when I said my hands were hurting me, it was more the skin on my hands. Now, it's just gotten to a point where I'm putting so much speed into what I do and so much force that the wrist can't take it. We've got to take better care of my wrists. Oh, sir. That is that's too good. Is that not too good? Who does? We. Is that just Come on, you have to love this. Sorry. I think I'd walk around the course if I was uh anybody who didn't like him just with wrists limp in the air like I was coming in for a handshake one David Cutcliffe. Like Take care of the wrists. Save the wrists. I'm going to read it again. Think about saying those words to a reporter. You get asked about your injured wrist, and then that is your answer. It's been bothering me for about three or four weeks now. All of this speed training, it's definitely taking a toll on the actual muscular structure for my wrists. Initially... I said my hands were killing me. It was more about my skin. Now it's just gotten to the point where I'm putting so much speed and force into the wrists. We've got to do a better job of taking care of my wrists. (laughs) You won't find a bigger a-hole walking the planet. So did you see the, uh, the, the one comment in the chat says that's the Scott Steiner math promo? Have you heard the Scott Steiner math promo? No. Do you want to hear the Scott Steiner math promo? Sure. You remember old Scott Steiner? Uh, yeah, Big I remember pump? Scott Steiner. Yeah. All right, well, let me let me grab it. <laughs> Created equal, but you look at me and you look at Small Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. 
See, normally if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance what? and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning yes. if we used to go one-on-one -on -one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percents. I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. Oh, man. That's what Bryson sounds like. I think that's accurate. I want Bryson to continue to talk about his wrists. Somebody needs to ask him about his wrists every week and the extreme force and the speeds that he's creating. It's never been done. History of humans never happened, Tom. Nobody's ever been able to put that kind of force and speed into their wrists. <laughs> There's a muscular problem now because of all the speed and force that he's generating. It was the skin at first. And then it just found its way under the skin into yeah. the muscle. At first it was just the skin. Like I created so much force and speed, I was burning the skin on my hands. And we didn't know what to do about that because nobody's ever created this much force and speed before. So how do you keep from burning your hands? But now there's a muscular problem with my wrists. The structure is falling to pieces because of the force and the speed that I create through sheer mass and strength and training. We've got to do better. <laughs> At taking care of my wrists. <laughs> we have got, as a society, we're going to have to do better at helping me take care of my wrists, guys. And then guys. he does the around-the-world gesture. Ow! Oh. <laughs> oh, I love it. Good job, Bryson. The gift that keeps on giving. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 you know what's fun about slayer if you told somebody all right, we need to capture a very ominous sort of feeling of death in the air. Can you guys? Oh, yeah, we got you. We got you. It's like. 
There you go. Once we get to the lyrics. But it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. Like, uh, yeah. That opening chord, you're like, oh, oh, there it is. There it is. We're walking into it. This is not good. Yeah, it's like the old Wayne's World bit, you know, where Alex Cooper's just like, well, oh, did you know Wayne? You know, you're like, hey, can you do that? Of course. Of course. Give me just one moment, please. <laughs> and then, bam. Yeah. Fire rains down. So we're unanimous in this. We're all taking the Rams this weekend, even though we we're rooting for San Francisco, perhaps. I mean, you could do it. It sounds like you're on the brink of picking the 49ers. I'm rooting for the 49ers. I'm not picking the 49ers. I'm also rooting for the Bengals, but I'm not picking the Bengals. That's an interesting Super Bowl it's if you a got good it. Super Bowl if you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, it's also historical because it's happened before, and I remember watching it. That's how old I am. And I watched Joe Montana do what he did against Cincinnati. Oh, see, no, I thought you, we were talking about the the Rams coming through. No, I'm talking about the Rams. Uh, I'm talking about the 49ers and the Bengals playing in a Super Bowl. Right. It's happened before. John Candy game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. It was a great game, One of, a very memorable game. And, um, you know, it's funny about that story. Montana gets asked about it all the time. I'm not so sure it played out the way that it does in Lure now. Like, he, he does admit that he pointed out John Candy. I don't know that it happened on the last drive. I think it happened before that. And then it just made to sound. That, that's it's a it, it's an example of how cool under pressure he is. You you're telling me that uh, Steve Sable and NFL Films are liars? No, they were gospel as a child. NFL Films. I miss the days of like kind of coming home and watching the whole thing of NFL Films. It was mesmerizing. Now the football is uh, omnipresent. It is always around. The NFL is twenty four hours a day. This is in the, the, the same sort of thing happened where you could get. Once you had access to every game, you never want to give that back. So every basketball game is on television. Every football game is on television. Every Major League Baseball game is on television. But this week in baseball with Mel, it was like the greatest thing ever. I watched that just to see the highlights of you know Rod Carew and other guys from the American League that I never got to see play. I was in a middling generation between where we are now and where you were because I had SportsCenter every day. And mm-hmm. SportsCenter was the show, period. And baseball tonight in the summer would come on at noon after Sports Center ran five times, and I watched it all five times. I right. watched baseball tonight. And those things did a better job of creating characters. They created characters. And the NBA on NBC, you only got to see them once. I know for you it was CBS. But you only got to see these teams very rarely until the playoffs. And so there was an anticipation of every one of those games. Right. And then you trusted Sports Center or NFL Films or Baseball Tonight to tell you about these particular players. So those graphics that they put up on the screen on Baseball Tonight Now or MLB Tonight, you're like, eh, whatever. Those used to be everything. Like, if your team had a player who had a graphic, like, oh, they're bragging on us. Yeah. It's a proud moment for us. They created the characters for you. Yeah, I do miss I miss part of that. I miss, I miss aspects of that. I don't want to go back to a time where we don't have access to all of the information and we don't have access to all of the video and we don't have access to all of the games as they're being played live. Like, I, I don't want to go back to that. It's one of those things where you can get nostalgic, and then when you really think about what you're nostalgic about, it's stuff that was missing, like that you were missing and you wanted to see but couldn't. And so you wouldn't want to go back to that, but it did create lore. It did create a larger-than-life feel to certain players, certain games, teams, aspects, managers, you name it. Yeah. The closest thing we have to that now as, as baseball fans is Quick Pitch. Great show. Every yeah, it's morning. a great show. Quick Pitch, the, the one hour, whoever the host is, it doesn't matter. You get to all the games, you see the rundown of the games, 
And if your team's playing, you're like, oh, I'll hang on for one more segment. Yeah, They're second yeah, up in yeah, the yeah, next yeah, segment. Yeah. yeah, you see it on the side, yeah. It's the same production company that does hockey, so they have on the fly. I wouldn't expect anybody to know what the hell NHL on the fly is here, but it's the same show. Mm-hmm. And the graphics they have, they're instructional, and you get what you need in an hour. That's the closest thing we have to what SportsCenter was when I was a kid. It's great. We have a mutual friend, and I alluded to this last hour. We'll take a quick break here in a second. But before I take that break, I will weigh in finally here on the whole situation with the Hall of Fame, and in particular, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, both of whom we now probably believe, even though we didn't at the time because more evidence has come out, uh, should be in the Hall because if you exclude them from the Hall, then you're excluding generationally great players from from an era where everybody was cheating. And at the time that we were like, nope, you don't get to go because you got che- you got caught. So, I used to I used to push back on the argument about who did and who didn't because people would say I remember Colin Cowherd did this and others would say well we don't know who did and who didn't no in some cases we know exactly who did and at that time I would get angry every time they said well we're not certain we think no no we know we know the leak. Grand jury testimony. We know that happened. That's Barry, and that's also Ortiz got popped on the 03 random test. So you know that for a fact as well. Right. So a lot of these things we 100% know that they did. In some cases, they admit it. In other cases, it was off the record, but we found it out later on and all that stuff. But eventually, what happened was we found out every player in baseball at that time was cheating. That Conseco, oddly enough, was accurate when he said "Eh, 70 to 80%. Okay, that's just about right. So you're either excluding everybody who played during that time, which would be grossly unfair, or you include all these guys, even the known cheaters. That's true. But here's what our friend said, and I thought this was so well put that I wanted to read it to you because you'd get a kick out of it, and it kind of sums up where I'm at with Barry Bonds, who I had the misfortune of meeting. Not a great guy. He is exactly the bad guy you think he is. I don't really care, but he is exactly the bad guy you think he is. And I watched him be an a-hole to people in the stands at a spring training game. Imagine doing that. That's hard to do. That's, it's really hard to do. You've got to be special. Yeah. People complain that he, Barry Bonds, is being left out because he was a giant a-hole, and that's not part of the criteria. And that's accurate. But I'm also not going to lose too much sleep about a giant a-hole finally facing the consequences for being a giant a-hole. <laughs> I, was like, I think I know who that is. Yes, but that's yeah. really well put. I was like... Yeah. Very well done, sir. To offer the cap. Yeah, I'm not going to lose sleep over this. You're right. I wonder if, if more my age are, are like me that still enjoy baseball. Because when I was growing up, I'm 35, you know, baseball was huge in the 90s. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. baseball was just the, the, you know, mm-hmm. the tip of the iceberg. The weekly games, World Series, it mattered greatly. It wasn't all NFL all the time just yet. But the Pete Rose argument happened all the time. Now ESPN a, that, did the special yeah. on the Pete Rose argument. That's a very different thing. Then there's the steroid era. You know what? I, it's sacrilege. I've been there. I don't care. I don't care about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I, I don't. Because it's already been bastardized to a point in my life in the last 20 years that all we do is we bicker about it and writers choose it rather than – I would rather the executive committee choose the class every year than the writers. This writers thing where well, the you always have to hold out. It's like they yeah, can't have 100%. Right, right, right. The, whole, the, writers, the whole thing is convoluted and stupid to the point that it sours what the Hall of Fame means to me as a fan. I don't care. Which stinks because you've been 
Oh, yes. It's incredible. And it is amazing. Cooperstown is an amazing Two place. things can be true at the same time. Yeah, I absolutely loved it, and I can't wait to go back. It's an amazing thing. I love the history of the game. I love the numbers. I care about the numbers greatly. I think it's the only sport where it really does matter, those numbers. And it's something they should champion, but they get too caught up in their own nonsense, and then they get, well, a lot of the writers do, certainly. They use it as a weapon. Not what you do here. Not what you do at all. Especially when the hall is littered with really terrible people. People who may have committed murder. Yes, there are all kinds of people in there. But it's like going to a destination that you want to go to. A concert, mm-hmm. a game, a vacation. And you go with somebody who is miserable, doesn't want to be there, and, and can't help themselves from telling everybody how miserable they are. So now you've ruined my time. You've ruined... I All I want to do is be here. And you've got to complain every five seconds mm-hmm. about things that are not perfect and you'd rather be somewhere else. Now I can't enjoy my vacation. That's what the Cooperstown situation is like for me now. I don't care. Everybody complains about it too much anymore. Yeah, I guess by everybody, it's those that care deeply about Anybody who covers baseball talks about this topic and talks well, about it at length. you can't not talk about the topic. He's the all-time home run leader, I mean, just to the numbers. Yeah. You, you can't not talk about that. The guy that owns the home run record is not going into the Hall of Fame. Right, but it's the legitimization of the writers have to you know yeah. stamp well, you through. It's just like stupid. Well, right. What what I think you can have the conversation. You can be very sensible about it. Like I think that these one by one you can have. Like I get you could if you want to group Clemens and, and Bonds together. I get why you would. But you could say the conversation surrounding Pete Rose is separate, and you can do it without being high and mighty. You can say, look, man, my man was gambling on baseball in games that he was managing. You can say even if he bet on the Reds, his team, right, he bet on them to win, still influences his bullpen decisions at the end of games. So it is the very reason why that is the golden rule that you cannot violate. You're affecting the next day's game and the game after and the game after that and all of the other things that come with it. And he lied about it three different times and people died while they were going through this investigation, all that nonsense. So you can say, I can have this conversation and he shouldn't be in or he should. You can counter if you'd like, whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be this other thing, this holier-than-thou debate. It's just, a, hey, it's a sport. I like the sport. These numbers matter to me. Here's what I think about it. That, you can just do that without it being this other thing. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's just, it's almost like having the conversation about Mike Martin Sr., the manager. You go through it every year. Oh, yeah. It's well, the same well, argument every year. You well, don't anymore. I know we don't anymore, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. And, and not because Eleven, you know, is in no the twilight longer. of his life, yeah. but... Just because that was tired it got old, it got for tired. twenty years, yeah. and that's where I am with Cooperstown. It's like mm. enough, yeah. enough. I don't know what the right answer is. Just figure it out so we stop being up in arms with pitchforks, no matter what side of the aisle you're mm-hmm. on about it. And let's just allow for the ceremonies to happen. Wouldn't that be nice? And let's go there and visit. That'd be great. I do want to go there and visit real soon. I love that place. I'm like a little kid when I go there. I've been there twice, both times. Like, this is awesome. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. There it is. Running out of time, running out of... Games, unfortunately, every year we have to wrap our mind around this very thing. And uh, I'm reminded of it as we get set to wager uh, with Mama every time because, uh, well, at least the last couple of years we've had uh, real drama, but not this year. Yeah, what's the count at now? Oh, I think I'm up like, I don't know what it is. I was at like nine. I think it was up 
by nine, maybe eight. I don't know what it is uh, currently, but it's 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 not gettable for her. I can tell you that. The games, by the way, so I mentioned them. The time, and Tom correctly noted that there's no game on Saturday. Both games are on Sunday, three o'clock. Cincinnati and Kansas City, six thirty. San Francisco and Los Angeles, and then we're down to one. And it's that gap of two weeks before uh, we get to play it. So there it is. If you want, cue it up. We're ready. And now for another edition of the Family Pick. Nick. Go to your room! Mama, the meatloaf! Take it away, Jeffrey. Hey, Mom, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Unfortunately, I picked the Rams last week, and they won. I know. Well, so did I. Um, yeah, well, I, I, did I do it on, maybe not on, on our show here, uh, your show, my segment, um, but I did in the little pool that we're in, so I, that was the only game I won. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, 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 the numbers last week in that other pool that we're in, I went from undefeated to a mess. <laughs> You were, I know you were undefeated. Well, last week was a mess. I'll tell you right now, it was not a good weekend of football for me. I tell you, I really, you know, home, you know, I had quit watching our game because it just got me too upset. And I thought 27 to three. 13 or whatever it was. Well, 27 to 3 at one point, Mom. Yeah, I was like, we're, this, we're, this game is over. And then, you know, everybody knows I usually a lot of times don't watch when it gets you know, stressful. And so you were texting me. Aaron was texting me. Are you watching this, Mom? Are you watching this? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, no, I'm not. Just keep me posted as what's happening. And then, of course, everybody was like, you got to turn it on. And as soon as I did, of course, and we tied it up, and I thought, my God, we could go into overtime. We could actually win this game. And, of course, we know we didn't. So Inexplicably, we allowed the best receiver in football to run free for two consecutive passes. Yes. I do not understand that. I will never understand that. Now, I heard, I think, didn't I tell you that I heard Bruce Arians say that the whole, it was supposed to be an all-out blitz, I guess, and the, all the defense didn't get the call? How the hell does that happen? He's, he's speaking gibberish. They rushed six. That was uh, the most the amount of guys they had sent at the quarterback uh, in the game, and it was the wrong call, and they knew it going into the game because Matthew Stafford had the best numbers in the league against the Blitz. There was no reason to do it. You were going to play coverage. They didn't play coverage, and they allowed for that to happen. You put your you put a safety in one-on-one coverage against an elite wide receiver who did what elite wide receivers do to safeties. It was d- the dumbest thing in the world. I just I just don't understand it because I actually well of course our defense didn't play too well in the beginning but you know at least they we got to the point where we were in the game and we actually tied it up I just I, I'll never understand how that could happen I I truly don't for for Todd Bowles who's supposed to be so fabulous how does he let that happen Todd wasn't good this year he didn't have a good year now a lot of his safeties and a lot of his defensive backs in general yeah a lot of people got hurt but he did not have his best season he did not put his best foot forward this year there's no doubt and it was just a continuation of that in the in the postseason unfortunately in that game against uh, the rams but nonetheless here we are 
Kansas know, City. But at Buffalo, then I thought Buffalo was going to win. I was having a tizzy over that. 13 seconds, I thought, good God, that's, to be a Buffalo fan is even worse than what we went through oh, as a Bucks fan. To say the least, yes. Oh, my God, I could not believe that. Oh, it's way worse for the Bills fans. They've never won a Super Bowl. I mean, I know, you're, you know. I know. I felt so terrible for them. I, I truly... Oh man, that was that was that was heartbreaking, and it's not even a team that I have ever even really cared about. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was very hard. Then that brings me to a point about how do you feel about the overtime rule and the fact that one team may never get the ball. I don't really care. I mean, you know, don't give up a t- don't give up a field goal with 13 seconds to play. You know, don't be a dumbass and kick the ball to the back of the end zone. Uh, if you if you squib it and they have to return it and you tackle them, five seconds run off the clock and we're never in that situation. Uh, it's just look, I, I get that people want to see both sides touch the football, but defense is equally part of the game. Uh, and I know that you have an entire game in which you can get stops, and uh, you know they took the lead with 13 seconds to play and choked it away. So. Then, then you subject you know subject yourself to the whims of a, of a coin toss. The way it is. Oh man, that is just heartbreaking. I'll tell you what. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so now here we are to this week. Holy moly! Uh, Cincinnati at Kansas City. You're going to pick Kansas City, are you not? Well, you know, I, yes, I know I should because that I do think they will win. But listen, I can't I can't win in our in our thing here this year anyway. So what the heck? I, and I really want Cincinnati to win. Well, you and me both, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'll just take them. What the heck? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, just take whoever you want. Doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah. I could come up two and still lose by five. Yeah. <laughs> six or whatever it is. Yeah, it's San Francisco and in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, and I definitely don't want the Rams to win. The only thing I like about the Rams is Matthew Stafford. That's, that's, that's it. End of story. I know there's a lot of good players and everything, but I don't like the Rams. Um, and so I want San Francisco to beat their butt. All right. Well, uh, you're rooting for San Francisco, and so am I, but are you picking them? Yep. Might as well, right? Yes, yeah, same yep. principle. Okay. Uh, might as well. Yeah. I'm picking them. Hey, so really quickly, think on this for a second before you answer. Okay. Why do you hate Sean McVay? Because uh, just for people at home who don't know, my mom hates him. Yeah, I really, I really do dislike him. I think he just doesn't act like he should act. I mean, I and he seems he's in your face. He's like running down the field with every. I mean, I just don't like that. And he's like, I, I, he's very. He looks very egotistical to me. Um, <laughs> and I, I just don't like him. I don't like he's how he's so. Just raw, raw, running out on the field and carrying on like he does. I, I don't know. I just don't like his him. antics. Are your answer okay? Yeah, his antics, yeah, his antics. I just, uh, I don't, I don't like his antics. Is absolutely right. So, uh, it's it's all for show. So it's all for. Sh- what is that? What you say? It's all for show. He, he knows where the cameras are. Yes, I, I think I just, don't, I just don't you think he looks like a jerk? <laughs> I mean, he, I, I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm not saying that. It doesn't have anything to do with that. He's obviously a good coach, yes. Yeah, he's obviously a good coach. I just think he acts like an idiot. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I just wanted to hear it. I, I, I had never gotten a good answer from you. I know you don't like the way he mooses his hair either, and that's fair, too. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I just I just am just not a fan of his. Obviously. Now, he might be a really nice guy, but I doubt it. I, I, I really I get a feel for him. <laughs> 
watching him on TV, and I just, it's kind of like me and Bill Belichick, only he's a totally different animal. Yeah, well, Bill is a, Bill has created a persona. I actually suspect Bill's fine, but he's just created an entire persona that he plays to, and he plays it to the hilt. He does, he does, and I don't like that either. I mean, he's just acts like such a jerk in all those press conferences and things. I just, I don't know, I guess he has to show up, because otherwise I don't, I don't know why he does, because he doesn't say anything. Well, he doesn't want to, and he's told you he doesn't want to be there. So, yeah, he, he is required to be there. He's going to give you very little, and he's going to move on about his day. I just think it's funny that he dresses like a bum. I yes, mean, <laughs> holy smokes, I'm telling you. I know. He's certainly come a long way from Tom Landry. Oh, yeah, to say the least. That's true. Bye, Mama. Love you. I love you, too. You guys stay warm up there because I know it's going to be 29 here, so it's got to be really cold up there. Yeah, 23, 24, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know, I know you are. Me too, me too. All right, you guys have a good weekend. You too, Mom. Go Bengals and go Niners. There you go. Bye, Mom. All right, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. She did. <laughs> She's ripped Sean McVay for like two years to me. And Thank I you for bringing that to our attention. I would have never guessed. Yeah, she brings it up every time we have to pick a Rams game to me. She'll be like, oh, that jerk Sean McVay. <laughs> and, and we all have people like that where you'll admit that you don't really have a good reason. You know, that, that you, like, you'll say, I don't know, that guy may be a great guy. I have no idea, but he rubs me the wrong way. And that's, that's him for her. Yeah. Easy, Matt Ryan. You know, that's all about the media loving on him in a way that's unholy and giving him the, you know, all yeah, of it. Yeah. All of it before he earned it. But it has nothing to do with Matt Ryan. Yeah. By all accounts, he seems to be a good guy. Seems to be. Yeah. Yep. There's no reason to think he's not. But screw him. <laughs> they just wanted to give everything to him on a silver platter because what? He had Michael Turner for the first two years of his career? Great. Now, he turned into a very yeah, nice very player, good and, quarterback. and the Falcons did a really good job of coddling a young quarterback and turning him and letting him blossom. A lot of organizations don't see the first car brother, but still, the world was like, oh, it's Matt Ryan. Like, well, you know, He's throwing for 3,200 yards. Let's, let's pipe down a little bit. Who's the, uh, so it's funny, when we go through the coaches, and I know we got to go to break, but when we go through the coaches, if we're just... Because none of us know him. I don't know him. I've never met these guys. I haven't had. I mean, I've never even. I've never even. And we cover the box. I've never even met Bruce Arians, who can be all at once incredibly annoying, but also really, really good. I mean, obviously, the amount of people he's given opportunities to is that he was ahead of his time, and and he's an interesting cat. When you when you hear a normal interview with him away from football, he's an interesting guy. But he comes across as an a hole a lot of times too. I mean, I I'm, I roll my eyes at Bruce all the time. Uh, so I'm hit and miss with him, but. You can go one by one through all these coaches, and I think we all have this sense of a guy we like or dislike. We make those decisions about every coach in the league, and it's all from their outward appearance at games, during games, their behavior, their uh, you know, their post game press conferences, any interviews that you can glean, or maybe even the style of play. Like yeah, if, yeah, a lot of yeah. times it's like or you, whether you, they pucker or not in the yeah, moment, that kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, yeah, like guys, you you grow to have a you know an opinion of where you're like, oh, you're cowering when it's on the line. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't like you in real life. You. <laughs> I, <laughs> That four-footer looks like 10 feet to you, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You leave it short. Right. So I, I am. I'm kind of curious about it. All right. So if you could golf in a group of four over, say, I don't know, Capital oh, City NF Country Club. NFL. Right. With three other NFL head coaches, who would you choose? Because I'll bet Belichick's one of them. Yeah, he is. You know, well, because I would want to pick his brain. Like, if we're allowed to talk football, I would really like to talk to him. Because uh, his dad uh, was an amazing scout 
and had a career in football that is fascinating, and he's interested in a lot of things besides football. People don't realize that. So, I mean, he loves history, me too, so that would be interesting. Uh, yeah, he is one of them. God, I don't know. Who do I? Well, your mother would never speak to you again if McVeigh was one of the four. Well, he wouldn't be. I actually don't. I'm not. I'm disinterested in him. Uh, I don't really get all. That's a good question. I got to think about it during the break. Jeff Cameron Show. We'll come back. Wrap it up momentarily. Stay tuned. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. All right, uh, let's get to it. We got to get some wagers in. Oh, I got to answer the question. Uh, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, good one. Pete Carroll. Oh, we're playing golf. You said we're playing golf. Yeah, I know. I feel like he'd be fake. I think he'd be fun. I think he'd be fun. Like if if he felt safe, everything's off the record. We're all having fun. He'd be fun because he's got some stories. The USC stuff. That's true. I mean, he's got some stories, yeah. So Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. That's it. That's your group of four. And if I'm going to name a fourth coach and I'm the fifth, uh, then maybe, well, if we're having fun, Dan Campbell. Okay, question. So we were debating this during the break. Do you think he would be actually fun or do you think? Or over the top? Do you think he's preachy? No, I think he's fun. You think he's fun? Yeah. I think Dan Campbell. Now, this is. Uh, See, I think Bruce would be a good guy to go get because if you got Bill and Bruce, Bill would open up around Bruce. Bruce, I yeah. Think. So that would well, be. Well, I actually think Bill would open up, period. Again, this is the safe zone, Bill. Nothing is going <laughs> right, to get repeated. Right. We're all, just, you know, have a lot of fun with this. Guy you would least want to, uh, to golf with, Matt Rule. Oh, that, that's. Uh, up insufferable, there. right? Yeah. Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sean Payton, you, but you, he's, he's you, not there. You anymore. and my mother, right? No, that's McVeigh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Payton. Uh, oh, yeah. He'd be hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> uh, you know who would not be fun to golf with? I don't think uh, because I think he would be too serious. Is Mike Vrabel? Good, good coach. We talk, Yes, he, he would have the rage. I said he would be the guy be that would hit it in the trees mm-hmm. and then hit the tee marker oh, yeah. off of the. He'd you be know, furious. Like the, there goes the white tee flying down the fairway. Uh. Andy Reid might be fun to golf with. Andy Reid, Mike McCarthy. There you go. Oh, I don't There's want the... Mike McCarthy's fat, sorry ass. I don't <laughs> want to be around him. Uh, nah. <laughs> Let's go quick. North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Hey, Big Daddy. Having some red rushes tonight? <laughs> we'll know in about 47 seconds. Uh, we're going to go. What did I go with? I think I screwed this up. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Oh, that's fine. Red go ahead. Right 30 seconds or so. We're going to take the over in the Rhode Island Dayton game. <laughs> what? We're going to take the over in the Rhode Island Dayton game. That's a play. That sounds like a 40 unit play to me. The over in the uh, Rams and Chiefs. I, I I got no hockey for you this weekend. Rest on my laurels. Damn it! I wanted that hockey bet, Tom. You've been on fire. 
Good work out of you. Good work, Matt. You guys have a great weekend. Go to Oles tomorrow on the uh, hardwood, and we'll talk to you Monday. Be good, everybody.